Hello, welcome to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Uh, I am here with, state your own name, I mean state your name, please. <laughs> my own name <laughs> yeah. is David. And my own name is Joseph. Alright, and here we are. And uh, this week we are going to talk about, uh, we got a little bit of news, but also we got some, like, kind of, is it big? Is it pretty big? Is this? I don't know, it might be huge news, but okay, so, it's rumors at this point, but yeah, they're really, possibly very huge rumors so yeah we got some huge rumors and plot points for episode nine and uh we felt we should probably get this out quick uh just so you know i, I guess we could be, say we said it first just so, so we can uh, beat the rest so we of get, the news we can outlets. beat everyone i'm just kidding no, i'm pretty sure everyone else has it but yeah we just wanted to throw out uh these new uh plot points and you know spoilers that have been coming up and uh i guess we'll just get right into it so what do we have oh first off any news do we have any news uh anything with the lucasfilm i haven't heard anything big with lucasfilm this week have y'all i haven't heard anything with lucasfilm so far um kathy kennedy still has her job so <laughs> last time we checked last time we, she, <laughs> she's still working for lucasfilm uh, the movie. I did see a thing that they said the movie did make back its budget. Like it's it made, solo did. It solo made back its budget, so it didn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a total a, flop. Yeah, it wasn't a total flop. They did make back <laughs> what they were because I think a lot of people when they heard it was a flop. I think a lot of people thought like flop meant it just didn't make back its budget. Right. But it did. It did. So I guess that's good, which means we make it another one. I mean, I hope so. That'd be the, pretty good. The ending of that movie is so positive like ready for a, a sequel I, I gotta tell everybody i wanted to see like another two and a half hours like i would have been totally cool with like i'm gonna run the rest of it but when i come back we can just we can press play again and we can watch yeah. the next part you know right away but uh so should we just uh, jump into this david no why not <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna talk about a little bit of news right, let's do it. Um, let's it seems like they news. they did talk about uh everyone on the on the interwebs um Favreau is going to have his series launch either in the fall or winter of next year. Dude. Wow. So that should be ready for the streaming platform. How is... He's got to have it ready by then? It, well, it seems like they're going to shoot relatively early. It, it seems like they're going to shoot maybe starting this fall. I'll say they should be yeah. filming... They he, Okay, so you, we said last week he has half of his scripts already done for like this first season, right? Like half That's your, what he reported at the solo premiere. So it... Okay, it does make sense. They would have to... So we should be hearing about a cast. We should be hearing about a story, like, plot already sometime around Christmas this year. Maybe that could be a big thing for Christmas this year, which is... Yeah. Is there any rumors on when the timeline is set for that movie yet? Or the TV yeah. show, I should say? I think that's the thing That's another big thing for. that came out. They say seven years after Battle of Yavin. Battle of Yavin? I thought yes. it was Battle Yavin. of Endor. That's that's what was reported. Battle of Yavin. So yeah, that kind of conflicts what we initially heard. Yeah, because I I thought he had said it was, man, how far after? I mean, that's still after Endor, right? Or is that right around the same time? Oh wait, yeah, that is true. How far after Yavin did did episode six occur? So Battle of Endor is four years ABY after the Battle of Yavin. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. So, so it, it is after Endor still. Yeah. So that was a weird way to like to say it. Seven years after the Battle yeah. of Yavin, everybody's like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's how they take care of time issues in the Star Wars, especially the EU. Uh, it's ABY or BBY before the Battle of Yavin or after the Battle Ooh. of Yavin. Have you yeah. heard that? I've never heard that yeah. before. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a, I'm a horrible Star yeah. Wars fan. I haven't heard that. <laughs> well, that I only heard it because of another Facebook group kept on typing that, and I'm like, what? What are y'all <laughs> talking about? Yeah. Sorry, so I'm sorry. Go, keep going about Favreau and his uh, his production. 
So yeah, seven years after Battle of Yavin is supposed to be set, and Favreau has brought on Doug Chang and Ooh. Andrew L. Jones, who also worked on the Jungle Book with them. Okay. Oh, okay. So there's that connection, plus of course the Star Wars connection. Doug Chang loved his designs for the Phantom Menace. Oh yeah. And Absolutely. really, really regret not attending his panel, but I think his panel was opposite something else that was a little bit bigger mm. than I attended. But yeah, I really wanted to go to his panel. Well, you could but, be in uh, two places at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was last year's celebration in Orlando, and um, Comic Con's going to happen, and there's going to be two big time Black Series figures that are going to be released. Ooh. One is going to be the Black Series Han Solo and Minoc figure. Oh yeah, I heard about this. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And and these Black Series figures are pretty articulate. He's wearing the, the, mask, the mask. Yeah, and you get of course the Minoc that sucks on the power cables. <laughs> And yeah, it's pretty cool. And there's also a, a, a Black Series figure of Kylo Ren and Rey oh, okay. fighting in the snow on Starkiller Base Beautiful. that takes three AA batteries and lights up the back. Oh my gosh. And also the lava down below. What? That's, so, yeah. yeah, show, show Joseph. Joseph's over here like, what are you looking at? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. beautiful. And both these figures retail at... Six trillion dollars <laughs> for for the Han Solo Minoc. It's thirty four ninety nine, which isn't bad. That's not bad. And the Ray and Kylo is one hundred and nine dollars. And I've, I've seen figures like that go for way more than yeah, 109, true, so. true. Yeah, and they're both exclusive at Comic Con, and I think they're going oh. to be afterwards okay. available at limited retailers. All right, I'll be checking that out because that sounds pretty cool. That Ray and yeah. Ray and Kylo Ren look pretty great. But man, I'm not lying though. If if they if Disney announces Favreau's like uh, his plot and his characters, and they give us a couple of pictures, that would be pretty great for Christmas this year to show us all. Seven years after the Battle of Yavin, three years essentially after the Battle of Endor. Yeah, it could be any set of characters. Yeah, we could we could even get into the uh, Empire's uh, the the in uh, oh what is it that the book series you'll get there. I'm not gonna tell you. Oh come on! Don't do that. <laughs> what was it? I was gonna say Endgame, but that's Avengers. Um, Empire, Empire's End. Empire's End is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Aftermath. There oh my it gosh! Is. It took he me like it. 25 years. <laughs> to be, Yay! Good go me. But yeah, we could. He, he could like get around the Aftermath like series yeah. and explain. And man, he could actually bridge the gap, and we could start seeing like Snoke, and we could start seeing a lot of that stuff. It'd be really cool to see like brought in Mr. Bones on the television. Screen. That'd be awesome. You know about Mr. Bones? Uh, the droid? Yeah. yeah. He's pretty... He looks, he's like, I don't care about Mr. Bones. <laughs> you you <laughs> should. He's amazing. He's amazing. So that, that's going to be pretty cool. Like, are you excited to see like what we're going to what we're gonna get there? Or Is it Star Wars related? <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we don't go through this again. Really. Yeah, yeah, John Favreau really excites me. I mean, he has... I think he has the mind for Star Wars. And it's the first time I think we're bringing in a super fan that has the same sensibilities as J.J., I think. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's a very casual director. If it's anything like on 2008's Iron Man, he's yeah. gonna go with the flow and he's gonna let the talent do its thing. Yeah. Well, and he's been building this pedigree for the last ten yeah. years now with yeah. Iron Man coming yeah. out in 2008. The Jungle Book was fantastic. Jungle Book was amazing. Chef was fantastic as well. I've heard nothing but good things about Chef. Chef is yeah, yeah. it's a it's a great movie. It, it's it's a, a really good bro movie, it, bro food movie. <laughs> yeah, it makes you hungry. It makes you want to look at like look at your right. friends and go, hey man, we should start a food truck. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that coming soon the Star Wars stuff food truck. We're all be ooh. ooh. 
Promises, promises. Let's write that one down. But uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty great. J- uh, Jawa juice. Would you like some Jawa juice? Blue milk. You have to have blue milk. You have to have blue Star milk. Wars and green. Egg green straight from the teat. <laughs> we'll even build something little to like Ma- paper mache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys? S- this, is this panel family appropriate? Oh, it's cool. Did you see? Okay, go. On. Did you see how difficult it was to film that sea cow yeah. on the <laughs> for the last Jedi? They had to helicopter that thing to the edge of this cliff, yeah. drop it there, put it together, shoot the seed, <laughs> then helicopter it back. To the, the the airstrip, like all thank, that for thank one God scene. they did it. I'm so right? glad they spent the time <laughs> to put that scene in there. Definitely but, wasn't one of the weirdest scenes in that entire movie. Even, How much more cheaper was that compared to just doing it full CGI? Uh, I don't probably know. a lot cheaper. Probably yeah, probably. You could have just CGI's. brought you could you could have just brought the the rubber teats in a, in a briefcase. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> CGI. <laughs> 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 He was like, so I had to imagine this thing here and what I was, what, what, how it was reacting to me when I grabbed it. So it was a lot. It was really crazy when I milked the sea cow. Yeah. But he didn't touch any other part of the sea cow. Yeah, true. So. You know, I, uh, I was watching Revenge of the Sith the other day, and my wife was like, "Which one's this one?" I was like, "Oh, it's Revenge of the Sith." She goes, well, "Why does it look like a cartoon?" And I was oh. like, "And I'm watching it. I'm like, yeah." It... Man, she hasn't seen Clone Wars then, <laughs> yeah. or Attack of the Attack Clones. Attack of the Clones. Oh, Clone yeah. Wars is literally a cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> Attack of the Clones is pure. pure well, you got to give George Lucas. Screen. You got to give him a little bit of credit for that because he was doing something monumental. He was doing the first like huge, huge film on digital, like that to that like. Like just huge, huge, like just full out planets, and like that huge battle of Geonosis that hadn't even been done before. I mean, you could tell with uh, Phantom Menace, like mm-hmm. the the Gungan battle. There's like one shot where it's like looks pure, pure like CG. But this time he was able to like do something different. So you gotta give it was a little rough, granted, but they kind of got it a little bit better with Revenge of the Sith, and now they're kind of just. Yeah, flying with it now with digital cameras. Yeah, I just think Attack of the Clones. I honestly think a lot of the Phantom Menace looks better than Attack of the Clones. The Phantom Menace does look better than Attack um, of the almost like with Jurassic Park. How with the visual effects, how they knew what they had, they yeah. knew what they were, they knew what they could do, and they took their time with it. Yeah, as opposed to Attack of the Clones, it felt like they were just like, let's get this. Yeah, we gotta get these movies out. Yeah. So yeah, trivia question and answer: Phantom Menace was the last Star Wars film on film until. The Force, Force Awakens, Awakens, yeah, and then the Last Jedi also was on film, but I think that's going to be one of the big parts of George Lucas's legacy: him pushing the medium, taking it to digital. And I remember back in the day going to StarWars.com, and they did a little documentary, and you could see how massive those cameras yeah, were, and how <laughs> how many cables were coming off of it, and how many like PAs were unplugging and plugging in stuff. Just to get those things around, and now today, I mean, one of those cameras is what fits in the palm of your hand. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's he pushed it forward, he proved it, and now basically everyone does it. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of one of the things that George Lucas has always done with Star Wars. He revolutionized, you know, computer Everything. graphics, yeah. sound, um, even editing, even how editing. you edit, edit films. That was a big thing that he did. Star was, swipes. And, uh, <laughs> But yeah, he created the uh, the edit droid, and then I forget. Who, I think he sold it to Avid, and now Avid is like a big main like editing software that a lot of p- filmmakers use in Hollywood. So yeah, when it comes to like 
modern film and the way it is today, it's most, not all of it, but mostly because of what George Lucas did with Star Wars. Yeah. So that's, it's pretty great, his legacy. So yes, Attack of the Clothes does look rough, but it was the first of many films. It was a pioneer. Yeah, it was a pioneer movie. And there's one part that always makes me mad. It's whenever Obi-Wan's uh, Starfighter, Jedi Starfighter is landing and you see it kick up dust but then they didn't fig- they didn't know how to have the dust settle, uh-huh. so the dust gets kicked up and then it just disappears. And you're like, oh my gosh! Like, why? <laughs> like you couldn't figure out just to maybe just just rewind that that element back See, and I, just have it go back down. I thought you were going to talk about the love story between Anakin and Padme because oh. that always makes me very mad. <laughs> yeah, he, he really didn't spend a whole lot of time and on that. Get, or maybe he just doesn't know how to actually craft one that well. Maybe. What was that? It was like, you know, Hayden Christensen and Natalie Parman played a trick to, <laughs> to, Lucas. Act, to, to George Lucas to, to pretend like they couldn't act. And George <laughs> Lucas liked this so much that he kept it in the movie yes. for the whole thing. <laughs> I sent that yeah, the other day. It's pretty oh, bad. Man. It's that really is... bad. But um, but yeah. So what else? What else do we know? Anything about Star Wars? Well, I still want to stay on this topic though. What you got? So yeah, for Attack of the Clones, I mean, yeah, it was it was the first digital film, and he, I mean, George Lucas is always pushing and pushing, and I always wondered before I went Celebration, I always wondered what kind of boss was he? I yeah. mean, was he? Mm-hmm. I mean, you see on all like the documentaries, like that really great one, the Empire Dreams, in front of yes, was it? Um, it was. It was released. It was released with the old trilogy. It was released in two thousand five. But then that yeah. really great documentary from Empire Phantom Dream. Menace was really great. Yes, too. right, and you can kind of see him where he's talking about. Oh, he, he has like two stamps, a yes and a no stamp, and he's stamping. Like frames of the film, or actually, no, he was stamping. No, he was coloring storyboards. Yeah. He was coloring what they had to do digital and what was going to be real. But I always wondered what kind of boss was he, like when the cameras were off. And I think we got our best insight at the celebration 40th panel when Dave Filoni was on the stage with him. And I think I talked about this a little bit before, but it was so interesting to me. Dave would come up and say, "Hey, look." We can't do this, and George Lucas's base is like, "Well, you're gonna have to," <laughs> and that's the kind of boss he was. And I think that's the way you have to be in order to really push through. Yeah, it's basically do the impossible. If you think you can't do something, I mean, you still have to do it. You know, I, I heard in that panel. He said they were doing crazy things, like in that TV show, The Attack of the Clones. Like right. when they were first doing it, there was things they were like, "We don't know." And then George Lucas was like, yeah, y'all have to do it. We right, have to, right. We like, have yeah, they made it, it seem like it was going to be super rudimentary. But yeah. then he said, no, you have to do this much more. Yeah. And was they were just, just like, like dumbfounded by that. Was it just the way they were animating? It was like never right. done before? Or is it storyline stuff? Or I think just the amount of effects on screen. Yeah. The amount of just... Because it, it's some of it's, yeah, some of it you're like, okay. But some of it's like pretty exciting Things. It feels like with Rebels, they kind of mastered that art. Yes, of like, absolutely. Of how to like really do this incredible action sequences, and it's, uh, the Clone Wars was was for its time was a really big deal that they were able to do this entire show cartoon style. It wasn't easy. It well, wasn't and the other easy. thing is like it's one full story. Like yeah. it's what seven seasons almost. I, mean, I think it's like six. I think it's six and a half because yeah. they had those uh, lost episodes. Um, and it, it's the character. There's character growth from episode one all the way through the end of season seven, like with Ahsoka and Anakin, and you can sort of see Anakin slightly heading towards the dark yeah. side by the end of it. 
um, Obi-Wan, all, even Yoda has great character development in that time frame. Plus, like you guys were saying, the animation was, you know, had never really been done yeah, on that, that scale yeah, before. Yeah, that, that scale where every Saturday they would show these yeah. things. And it was, I remember hearing about it going, yeah, okay. But then finally I watched them and I was like, this is pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, some of it I was like, yeah, but some of it I was like, that's pretty dope. Like, that's yeah. that's a cool story. And then with Rebels, it was like, boom, like, this is a, this is spectacular. Rebels, I couldn't wait for Monday? When did they come out? I don't remember. But I always got them on Monday because I had it. I had bought it off of iTunes because I don't have cable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was like every Monday I would get a new episode, and I was like, yes. And that was one of the first things I did every week was watch Rebels. Rebels. <laughs> so we could all see that George Lucas is the kind of director who knows what he wants and has to, like, Really, really works hard to get what he wants. Right, and going back to the original film, I mean, he was shooting in Africa while he had pre-ILM working on all the digital mm-hmm. effects, working on the models, working on the blue screen stuff, and he came back, and there was only like two usable shots. I think everything was not Golly. usable except for two things that he liked, and then he had to supervise them, and then they had to get the effects all up to snuff because we saw the original stuff. Yeah, it was. It bad. looks horrible. <laughs> yeah, like it looks that, really bad. Like that shot of uh, of three PO and Luke and the, uh, and yeah, the speeder. The speeder yeah. yeah, holy, it's not pretty. It looked like they were just stationary parked and had a project, projected image in the back and just going by, just like classic like like a sitcom. actors yeah. driving in a car yeah, yeah. It almost was like bad. Seinfeld yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it did not look that great but it's Star Wars which is not acceptable unacceptable right is unaccept unacceptable him and then I mean he I mean he pushed it through yep uh, he got the job done he got his he executed his vision what I love about that story about the first movie they said like Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford even Carrie Fisher they said we we couldn't see the movie he never told us what the movie was. You know, for, you know Carrie Fisher said he never... He, never he didn't sh- talk yet. He didn't talk yet. He didn't know yeah. how to talk. So he... They had the script. They had... They were like, but but why? What is this even a... Like, I don't understand it. But he, he wouldn't tell anybody anything. He was just trying to make this movie and get it done. And they said he had it all in his head, but he just didn't tell anybody. But then when the movie came out, they were like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, that's... That's what, man, and, and then one thing uh, Harrison Ford says, you know, like, he has the whole, they're about to crash it here, they <laughs> said, you know, George Lucas had the whole thing in his head already, and we were just, like, pawns, Yeah, just, like, <laughs> here, there, didn't really see the whole thing, the whole picture, until the movie came out. So one thing I got, I gathered from that was that he's, at the time, he was just kind of to himself, like, when he first made that first movie, like, I don't know, or maybe he just doesn't know how to talk to actors. He he talks to the crew and the the cameraman and everyone else better than he does actors. I mean, that's a, he's just like they're actors; they'll figure it out. Yeah, that, you guys, it's what they do for a living. Yeah, yeah. Harrison Ford's interview on that was so funny because he said when he went up to George, he said George just told him it's it's right there. Just do that. Yeah, just, <laughs> it's just, right there on the page. I wrote it. Just just just. And Harrison say. Ford was like, sometimes you just can't do that. That's <laughs> <laughs> really great. But yeah, so. And I guess we could kind of see that with the prequels where just do that didn't work. Yeah, really, he right. maybe he should have walked through it a lot more. But visually, Phantom Menace still looks fantastic. I was showing somebody the pod yeah. racing the other day, and they were like, when was this made? I was like, this was made almost 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, 1998. And this, uh, this shenanigans looks 
amazing. Like, yeah. This the pod racing to this day still looks. I mean, you could put it up against just about anything in like the Avengers or anything yeah. like that. It is solid. It's solid computer graphics. Yeah, I, I I would compare the pod racing. I don't don't get mad at me to almost like Jurassic Park's T Rex. Well, I was just about to yeah. mention that we talked about that on the yeah. other podcast. Yeah, the Sotex cinephiles just say. All right, anyways. And yeah, they <laughs> the difference between those effects and the effects today is that they really put in the time and care in those effects. That's why they look so good. So the capability is there, but we still get movies that are rushed out and just okay. Yeah, that looks good enough. Send yeah. it out. Print it. So, yeah, yeah, like like when it comes to like Avengers movies, I know they're not gonna have the best visual effects. Like I already know there's yeah. gonna be some parts I'm gonna be like, that's not even close to being real, but it looks cool. Especially with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like there's a lot of stuff in that movie that I'm like, this is not. Well, that is, movie is like purposefully cartoony. I know, at times but too. you know, and th- that's the thing. Like even uh, what's another movie where like Transformers kind of yeah. they, they kind yeah, of started yeah. doing that with the Transformers movies, where it was just like, <laughs> just get these movies out, just get these movies out. People are going to watch them, and we don't care. I hate those movies. And, I've, uh, I've watched the first one, and I've never seen another Transformers. <laughs> the first one, the visual effects. I like the first one. There's a few, the there's a few right. good visual effects I, I shots. I hate literally every fight scene in those Transformers movies, because it's just <laughs> shaky cam. No, it's... the camera is like, okay, how big are they? They're this big. Okay, let's put the camera like two feet in front of them. Yeah. And we'll, they'll, people will understand what's happening. It's like, I don't see anything. I just see metal <laughs> moving around. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. And I'm hearing a lot of things, yeah. and that's cool, but... But I remember when I first saw the pod racing. I remember, like, in the promotionals, they kept, like, kind of showing it. And I was like, I don't understand what this is. And when I first watched it, I didn't appreciate it. I was just like, oh, this is pretty cool. Because I was more looking forward to Darth Maul. Like, yeah. That, as, when you're a kid, when you're, how old was I? I was, like, 10, 11. You're, you're like, I need to see. <laughs> I was uh, 15? No, there we go. 14. I was like, I just got to see Darth Maul. I don't care about this. But it wasn't until like I think the third time I watched it, I just I remember my dad was like, I really like the the racing, and I was like, oh, really, yeah. right, okay. And I sat there and watched it, and I was just like, I don't know why, I just opened my eyes, and I was like, well, this is a, an incredible sequence. I used to watch it all the time, like, and then they added more to it during the uh, when they released it on mm-hmm. um, DVD, like that was mm-hmm. a huge thing. They released it with more footage added. To did the anyone see racing. it in 3D? I did. I got did to, they have those scenes in? Or yes. Was, okay. And they even had the digital uh, Yoda in episode one. Yeah, okay. As well. Yoda. Thank God. And uh, <laughs> what was really funny, my, my, my brother John and I went to go see it in 3D here at the, the Starplex. And uh, when the pod racing came on, I, I like kind of like sort of like got more like, okay. Like, you edge know, of your edge seat. Edge of my seat. <laughs> and as I did, I looked around, I saw other guys like kind of like, all right, let's let's see how this is. And it didn't disappoint. It was yeah. fantastic. And, um, and I just wish... People, the movies would take time to do a, to do the visual effects right. I will say this: Last Jedi visual effects were pretty uh, pretty fantastic. Yeah, very 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 good. Even oh, I'm not gonna say even Solo, especially Solo's visual effects were kind of top top of the line yeah. visual effects. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can't really do the Kessel Run without top of the line visual effects. You know what I mean? Like oh yeah, or I mean it was just so it was so good. The, yeah, the visual effects in both Last Jedi and Solo were. Top of the line, in my opinion. Agreed. What's your opinion yeah, on agreed. that? Yeah, I'm, I totally agree with everything you said. The Phantom Menace special effects, CGI, it does hold up. But I think it goes back to the whole Jurassic Park thing, where they put the care and time in, and of course, this was Star Wars coming back for the <laughs> yeah. first time in decades. So, uh, well, not decades, but it felt like it to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
almost 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 two decades. Two decades. Yeah. So so yeah. let me ask you all this question. I was having this conversation with somebody today. Do you consider yourself a first generation Star Wars fan, That's or a like really good or like the or or I consider myself a one point five generation Star Wars fan because I I was born only five years after. Uh, uh, Return of the Jedi came out, mm-hmm. and I so was. So, how old were you when the original Star Wars came out? Okay, I was. I'm just kidding. No. Negative. Negative. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was negative too. I was negative eleven. I was negative four. I was negative seven, I believe. So yeah, but see, my advantage was I had older parents and I had older brothers yes. that loved the films and introduced me early on. So yeah, that's like my second memory that I have is watching that opening scene from A New Hope. On VHS on a console TV. <laughs> well, I saw I saw Return of the Jedi first yeah. at my uncle's house, and I uh, it just it literally changed my life. I was like, there is so much cool stuff happening in, in, in Jabba's palace. Like, what is that? What is this creature? And so for me, it just like opened my brain up to this world of imagination, like literal imagination where almost anything can happen, where a dude can move stuff with his mind and there's spaceships that fight in space. It was, it was amazing to me. And so, I I mean, I didn't start getting into the EU stuff for the, I mean, once the prequels were announced, obviously I was like, Oh yeah, I'm into (laughs) this. Uh, We get to figure out why Vader is the jerk he is, you know? And, but I don't even remember what the question is. Oh, uh, but I, I don't know if I can consider myself one of those original Star Wars fans because I wasn't there when it yeah, first came out. Yeah, technically we aren't original, but yeah, I guess you could say we're, we're like 1.5. 1.5. I'll call us the 1.5ers yeah. yeah. because we were the ones who, we we Star Wars had been out already for 10 plus years, and we found it, and we were like, this is exciting, and it wasn't, and then just a couple of years later, at least for me, a couple of years later, they were like, oh yeah, here's a special edition Star mm-hmm. Wars movies. And I was like, what? They re-released them back in theaters and the new stuff? Awesome. And I went to go see them all and I bought, my parents bought me the box set on VHS with all the new scenes. And I was like, this is so cool. And then just a couple of years later, here's episode one and my head exploded. It was like, <laughs> what? For me, like... But how soon did you find out that episode one was coming out? I had heard about episode one in 98 but you know what's really upsetting if you watch the 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 vhs movies the star wars vhs special edition movies they had a little before each movie they had a little segment about what they did like the new things they added yeah, what yeah. They did. and if you listen dennis murin actually throws out this was a lot of fun i can't wait to start working on the prequels he said it. Uh, he said it in 1997 or right, probably 96. This is pre-internet, so we yeah we couldn't find out. And I remember it wasn't until like after I saw episode one, I went back and I rewatched the VHSs because yeah. we didn't have a DVD player at the time. But anyways, <laughs> I watched the VHSs and then I listened. I was like, wait, he totally told everybody, yeah, we're gonna be working on the prequels. Like this is gonna be fun. Look what and the visual effects, you know, what they're able to do with the, the special edition, it was like pave the way to. Right. I want to say my brother is the one that told me about the prequels and the special editions coming out. So we went to go to the Walnut Six in New Braunfels, and the trailer for the special editions came out. Yeah, where they have the TV in the center yeah. screen, and it just blows up, and it's like, oh wow, it's actually like even that much more intense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, actually, I, I only saw A New Hope and Empire. I didn't get to see Return of the Jedi. I got to see uh, A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. I didn't get to see uh, Empire. I didn't get to see any of them. My oh. parents were like, I'm not taking you to the theater to see this 
30-year-old movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, but, I was but, like, but come on. And they're my, like, my, no. my brother John uh, sat next to me when we watched it, and he would uh, tap my leg whenever um, something new was about to happen. So I, I would always get excited, like, oh, this is a new scene, this is a new scene. <laughs> oh, a new yeah, scene. That's and the best. So, uh, I, was, I, was, I forget how old I was. I was like, what, 97? I was like nine, nine years old. I was like, I was a kid. I was like so psyched about it and then like i said and then you're you're pumped about it because it's back and then they re-released the toys mm-hmm. and i was buying all these toys and i was i was so pumped and then they're like oh yeah here's episode one and i was like stop did you just say episode one like and i see the little boy running who i thought was luke yeah. and i was like that's luke skywalker we're gonna and then i was like that's anakin i was like oh they're going way yeah back. like and um so yeah we have officially called ourselves the 1.5 Earth, uh, Star Wars Earth generation. Generation. We're the 1.5 generation because we weren't there at the beginning. We weren't there for the second wave, which I consider this. Wait, would this be the third wave right now? Since the prequels were like the no, the second wave, I would say this is the second no, wave. I would no, no, no. I would say the the first gen would be the people who saw the originals in the theater. Okay, and then I guess us. I guess only I was born while. I guess Empire and Return of the Jedi came mm-hmm. out, but of course, there's no way I'm going to remember that because I'm pretty sure I was in the theater at some point. I'm disappointed that you don't remember that. So <laughs> after that, that, your that first memory, David. <laughs> after that, I guess, I guess in that era is the 1.5ers who ended up watching it on VHS. But then you have the generation after that who went through the barren 90s of film, but. Found the EU, found the toys, and All then the discovered the stuff films. was coming out during that right. Time. Yeah. And then you have the kids who discovered it at the theater, and then I think you have the generation with the prequels that came out. So how many gener- well, How many generations is that? That's four, I think. Yeah. You just said four generations. Yeah. Well, and then even after the prequel generation, like the Clone Wars was easily accessible. Right. It was on that, TV That's every another week. generation I would consider yes. because a lot of people really love the Clone Wars. A lot Wars. of kids, a lot of kids I know that's right. how they were introduced to Star Wars. Yeah. The Clone Wars. And now you have this current generation where they're in the sequel trilogy mindset. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's a lot of generations. There's a lot of generations of because Star Wars. Because you, you can ask different age groups what their favorite thing about Star Wars is and they'll all name something different. Yeah. Exactly. It's so incredible. It is awesome. Yeah. Like I, like I said, one of our first podcasts, I said, you know, I asked this, my, I think it was somebody I knew, I said, hey, who, uh, what's your favorite movie? He goes, The Clone Wars. And I was like, well, the, the movie? Like, what? He's like, he's like, no, the, 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 the cartoon. The, the cartoon. And I was like, okay. And at first I was mad, like, kid, you don't know what you're talking about. And then it hit me. I was like, wait, that's this kid's Star Wars. Like, yeah. he, like, he's upset. He had the shirt on. He had like an action figure. <laughs> and I was like, that's his Star Wars. And I can't, be mad at him for right. for liking that Star Wars right. and not liking my Star Wars. <laughs> Which thus, that's where the fans all got angry. That's how it all started, right? Well, Which the Clone Wars it. movie did. I mean, have you both seen the movie? I have not seen the movie. I've only seen a chunk of it. So I saw it in theaters. I was jazzed about it. I was like, a new Star Wars something is coming out. Ten years, see ten years ago, this summer. Ten years ago, this summer. Yeah. Um, it's not very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it sets up a lot of really cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was jazzed about that. Me and my buddies went, I think I was wearing this t-shirt, actually, <laughs> um, <laughs> to go see it. Um, well, yeah. But yeah, it was... I was just I was just excited to see a lightsaber on a big screen, basically. Yeah. Um, but the uh, Clone Wars cartoons, I've been rewatching them a little before I go to sleep every night because it's like twenty minutes of yeah. Star Wars and 
puts you to sleep, gives you sweet dreams of lightsabers <laughs> and, and space battles and stuff, right? <laughs> um, but they did some really interesting stuff in that cartoon. Uh, I'm on a storyline right now where they had the zombies. They have zombies in it, basically, where they stick worms up your nose um, and it reanimates dead things to this like hive mind. It was uh, after mm. one of the battles of Geonosis. Um, they have a whole storyline with a Godzilla-like character. Um, they just do some really creative and interesting stuff where they where they take different movie genres and try to figure out how to make it work in the Star Wars universe. And I, that is one thing I did always appreciate about the Clone Wars was the way that they took like a horror element or a giant monster element. And they were like, how could we have this work in with <laughs> in, in Anakin? Star Wars? Yeah. yeah, and it's all canon. Yep, it's all canon, yep. which is awesome. So Favreau's move, Favreau's show is going to come out next year, definitely. For sure, twenty twenty. No, not for sure. No. They're eyeing a fall or winter release for twenty twenty, or for twenty nineteen. Right for twenty nineteen. That's when I think the uh, Disney streaming service is going to launch. See, if if they announce, if Disney needs to have that ready, Cause, right? Because as soon as they say, hey. Disney fans, we're doing our Disney live, you know, live streaming, not live streaming, or a Disney streaming service. We're going to compete against Netflix. We're taking all of our movies off of Netflix. Mm-hmm. We're going to put them all on on here. Oh, and by the way, we have a live action Star Wars TV show. And by the way, we just bought Fox, so all the original films unedited, the original despecialized edition. Oh, that, would, that would make. <laughs> I would I would stop Netflix just to get that. I'm not kidding. I would just lose another ten dollars a month. It's probably gonna be Hopefully like it's it's gonna ten dollars. Like, yeah. I'll make it for twenty as a price point. Twenty dollars. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, shoot. If it's twenty bucks, they better be giving us. They better bring them the goods. Yeah. Like just about every Marvel film, everything has to be there. They better put Homeward Bound. Their entire Homeward Bound. <laughs> No, dude, Milo notice. So yeah, put all that on there. Put all the archive, all the Alien, Predator, all the stuff from Fox on there. And yeah, I would see twenty dollars as as something decent. That would be insane. Yeah, if they, yeah. I just I just thought about yeah, all the Alien movies would have to be on there. Yeah, the whole Fox archive, Fox Searchlight, all that stuff would have to be on there. They would they would they would rule everything. <laughs> Netflix would not have a chance. And then on top of that, if you, if everyone's paying twenty bucks, they're making more money than Netflix, so they could actually catch up to the amount of money that Netflix is making on the on the streaming service alone. And we all know Netflix comes out with two original programs every day, I think, or every yeah, week. It's or really like close. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's insane. It's, yeah, I remember, I remember it was like, oh, House of Cards and Orange is the New Black. Okay, now it's like this is a new one. This is a new yeah. one. This is a new You're show. A new, about a new one literally yeah. every week. That's gonna be crazy. And Netflix makes about what two billion a month or something. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. I think Dis if Disney okay, this whole Fox thing is not looking good for Disney. No, it's not. Well, uh, what do you if know? You, if you know some details, I know the detail is that if the the sale doesn't go through to Disney, uh, Fox owes Disney money because they made some type of agreement with like Those lawyers and all that. Sneaky so guys, they're gonna man. have to owe Disney money. So, just for the simple fact that Comcast made the $65 billion cash offer, as opposed to Disney's, which is like 50 Something somewhere around the $50 billion, yeah. it, it still might not go through that Comcast will get Fox. Well, and then maybe, um, maybe 20th Century will 
repay Disney with IP as opposed to actual money. Well, yeah, Disney is actually buying with stock, stock options. And Comcast, of course, took out a bunch of loans to have that $65 billion. That's insane. Yeah, that is insane. I, really... I can't even fathom $65 billion. <laughs> I can't even fathom a million dollars. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, that's insane. But but yeah, that that would be really exciting to see. Like a the, the the them saying, Hey, we have our new streaming service and we also have an entire season of a Star Wars live action show created by John John Favreau. Available right now. You right see, now. we would have to pay a premium to get a really good live action T V show, I think. Because then they would have no excuses. Yeah. I mean the fans would be like, I'm paying Twice the amount I'm paying for Netflix. They're giving us great stuff. They're giving us what Lost in Space, the David Fincher yeah. series. They're gonna do Guillermo del Toro stuff, which mm-hmm. is probably gonna look terrific. They're gonna have to bring theater quality films. I think and they will. TV show. They have to. They Game of Thrones already set the bar. Oh yeah. So if they don't meet that or exceed that, yeah, the fans are gonna be upset about a new thing. True. Yeah, because if you do, if you do twenty dollars a month, that's a hundred and forty dollars a year. One person. One person. There's three of us in this room. <laughs> how many? How many? How much is that going to be? That times three. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know we do not know math at all. This is why we like Star Wars. This is not like Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Right. we just talk really good. <laughs> uh, I bought my tickets to Disneyland. Oh yeah. Yep. So I'll be going to uh, Hyperspace Mountain here pretty soon. In um, two weeks. I'm gonna That's probably awesome. wait. We're 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 starting to save our money now because I'm probably gonna go in November of next year when Galaxy. Well, I'm edge. going too. I mean, you're just Galaxy's gonna get on, get in the line for that solo hours. Solo line is gonna hours. be insane. <laughs> we went to Disney World last summer. Uh, me and my family did, and we went to the Avatar World that they have over there. Yeah. We rode. A nothing Avatar ride. It was pretty, (laughs) Um, but there was not a whole lot going. I mean, the world was really cool. They had like it's all neon, and there's like islands levitating above you. And you're like, how is that not killing me right now? (laughs) Um, But uh, but they um, we stood in line for an hour and a half to get on. Uh-oh, David's broke. Uh-oh. <laughs> we broke David. <laughs> how the hell is that not falling on me right now? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> but the point of the story was, um, we stood in line for an hour and a half to Ooh. get on this five-minute storytelling ride. And it was really pretty, but it was... Was it rated by J- James Cameron, or was it... I don't know. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Uh, they had they had one of the coolest animatronics I've ever seen in my entire really? life. What was it? It was one of those blue cat people. Happy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, as you can tell, I didn't care for Avatar very much. Oh James, care if you're listening to this? I apologize. Um, for, for I don't. My opinion spell it. Um, it's just dances with wolves with blue cat people. Oh, don't get me started. You, sh- you don't get me. Okay, anyways. Um, but uh, well, we stood so. in line for a very long time for a ride that was probably five to ten minutes long. That makes me upset. Um, and was totally not worth an hour and a half wait. So the the lines at um, Galaxy's Edge are going to be insane, way worse than that, in my it, opinion. It's going to be the craziest. Like you're you're going to wait in line for like twelve hours just to ride. That a ride. would not surprise me. Yeah, like, you're going to be waiting that long. 
And the hotel, which is not going to be, I'm really bad. The hotel is actually not going to be built until like 2021. And that's what I want to go see. That's is the what hotel. I want to go see is the hotel. So because that's supposed to be a whole experience in itself. There's supposed to be people there who are like in character mm-hmm. who work there. And when you go to your room, it's there's no the window is uh, it's a hologram. So yeah. Not a hologram. So it looks like you're in space. It's a projector. Yeah. So you're in space. The whole I time. think you get to choose to be in space or be on a planet. Space every time, every every day. Space. Well, I would flip in between, depending on what planet I can. Yeah, if, if you would see something like really cool, I mean, yeah. I heard that. Uh, I heard that Disney. Uh, sometimes, if those hotels are really great, they lose money mm-hmm. because people don't leave the hotel <laughs> and go out in the park and spend money. They just stay there and just like yeah. enjoy their whole vacation there in that hotel. Uh, what? Yeah, they've got some hotels that are insane. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that one I would be like, I just want to stay here, go downstairs, play just, play with this whole plot going on, and I just want to look out the window all day. Is that weird? I mean, that'd be <laughs> phenomenal. To, just and then you see a ship, just yeah, just ah, there it goes. They yeah, sent to X wing. That'd be that'd be pretty dope. So you're excited to be going? Oh yeah, I want to check out all the Star Wars add-ons and you gotta get on Star Tours, stuff. man. Oh yeah, dude. So, are you gonna be able to like see like the park being built from where you are, or? Yeah, most likely. Yeah, I'll take pictures, and I think there's a really big like mural of coming soon. Mm-hmm. So, and you got are you gonna like try to sneak in there, get his pictures? Yeah, I think it's like my duty as a <laughs> podcast to break yeah. into places. We have uh, to break into this place to see. You, it. sir, are banned for life. What? What? But Star Wars. But Star Wars. <laughs> Look at my shirt. Come on. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> you and your... Sir, everyone has a podcast. <laughs> Crap. Son of a gun. You're right. But ours is cool, though. So we're going to put the alarm on, right? Are we going to yeah. put the alarm? Okay, here Sound comes... the alarm. Here comes the alarm. <laughs> All right. So now that you've had the alarm, I have a bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> so now we are going to get into some major spoilers. And uh, what do you? Are you? Are you want me to talk about that or? <laughs> well, the major spoilers. I'll talk about the one that uh, Joe Joseph just referenced. All right, so um, here we go. So, episode nine seems to uh, kind of mirror. Return of the Jedi and the fact that we might return to Jabba's old palace. What? And of course, Jabba is dead. Was killed by Princess Leia. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. So and he blew up as well. So right. So what happened after that? We might get to find out. And then Rada the Hut. Rada the Hut. Okay. Right. Who appeared in the Clone Wars movie as his son? Right. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's taken over. And he's said to be a lot more vile and fierce and, and ruthless. Yes. Okay. So, so what? 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 Why would they be there on Tatooine? Um, like I don't what? know. Okay. All right. I have no idea. All right. I don't know about that. But it seems like they're talking a whole lot about this five-year jump that is going to happen. Okay. And also, DJ is going to return. Good. Excellent. And he's actually close to the huts. Makes so sense. That's, yeah. his, that's his <laughs> connection. And he's actually going to be a lot more kind of important, and his character is going to be more fleshed out. So he's going to be the Lando of this franchise. 
Um, or are you introduce? I don't think he's going to be the Lando. Well, he's, I mean, I mean, well, you guys know what DJ stands for, right? Don't, yeah, don't join. Don't join. Yeah. So. All right, so all right, all right. I, I just feel like he, DJ's out for DJ, regardless of. <laughs> all right, so this little piece of news right here is what I don't know. If it might work, but yeah, I go back to the whole comments of Daisy Ridley making the making the statement that she wants to kind of be done with Star Wars after episode 9 but she might not be done because they might be setting up Rey to fall to the dark side in episode 9? Yeah, in episode 9. Which would then set her up as the villain For in 10 11 12 10 11 or, 12 or, or Ray Ryan Johnson's trilogy or um the Game of Thrones guys trilogy. Off and Weiss's trilogy, yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen because I think they're going to deal with a whole different time frame. Okay. And yeah, because, well, and then the Johnson trilogy isn't supposed to have anything to do with the Skywalker storyline. So and, of course, they could just be blowing smoke. Yeah. We, this could so all be we don't know. Yeah. But but I will say, okay, so I, I listened to the soundtrack. I like John Williams' music. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was really cool in The Phantom Menace, if you listen to the, the final song, which is called, I think, Augie... Augie's Municipal Band, great, I don't know, uh, which is the final song in the movie. At the very, very end, you hear uh, Anakin's theme playing, and then as it fades off toward the last notes, you hear, like you hear the, the, the Empire theme there, and then it fades off. And then, but in, uh, So I listened to The Last Jedi, and at the very end, he plays Ray's theme, but it's in a minor key, it's not the same one, so it sounds a little more eerie, a little more dark. And when I first heard it, I remember I, I like froze, and I was like, wait, what is he alluding to here? Why mm-hmm. did he include this note at the very at the very end of his score? So I already started thinking back when the movie first came out, like maybe this is something. Maybe he's maybe they're trying to already tell us something about Ray's character. Do they give John Williams that much story ahead of time well see here's here's the very very interesting odd thing about john williams and ray john williams has come out and said i don't want anyone writing anything for ray whatsoever which is awesome and it's like odd that he would say that but it's like well does he know some story element that no one else does and you know you know jj could have shared something with him Mm -hmm. when he wrote the force awakens and he, I mean, maybe J.J. had an overarching story for her and let John Williams know, hey, look, this is where it's going to go. But then we had Colin Trevorrow write something. And if you can remember one of the podcasts we talked about, they met up at the SNL 40th, and then Bobby Moynihan saw the interaction yeah. between them, and that's where he let Ray know what the story was. Yeah. And or not Ray, but Daisy Ridley. Yeah. And she was in tears. So that's one of those uh, things that <laughs> what's uh, what's gonna happen? Because of course Trevorrow's gone, JJ's back, and I we all know he he knew what Trevorrow was gonna write, but how close is it gonna be to what that final thing that JJ thought of in the beginning? As opposed to what Trevor, I'm I'm pretty sure Trevor's stuff is just gone. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's it's JJ writing this thing out, and the rumor is she's gonna turn dark, and a new trilogy is gonna happen. And Broom Boy's gonna come back and uh, sweep her away. Sweep her away. <laughs> sweep her under the rug. Right. Well, Ray is one of just 
for me, one of the most intriguing characters I think ever in Star Wars. She is you don't my, know, yeah. You don't know anything about her past. Um, you literally only know the what four hours at this point that she's been on screen of this character, with the minor exception of really, really short stories in the EU. Yeah. Um, you don't know why she's abandoned on Jakku, other than the fact that she's abandoned there. That's all you know about her being on Jakku. And you know she's going to play this big, crucial role in the future of the Rebellion. And that's all you know about this character. And she's got a three-letter name. <laughs> it just intrigues me. Like she. And the other odd thing was that helmet she puts on in The Force Awakens, the name on the helmet in Arabesh mm-hmm. was Ray, spelt differently. Interesting. So did she pull her name from the Arabesh and oh. we just spell it a different way? That's the one thing that no one talks about. So that may not even be your the name. The name in our I don't I'm paraphrasing the name here, which is weird, but <laughs> it's like R E I G H or something like that. Interesting. But it's pronounced Ray. So you think she found this thing, put it on her, and just called herself Ray. Yeah. Or somebody saw And when you see that scene when Finn asks her what her name is, she almost looks unsure. If you go back and watch that scene, she goes, Ray. Yeah. The way she delivered it, when I was sitting in the theater, I was like, oh, they're going to reveal that her name's Kira. Watch. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it never happened. And I always remember going back to the 2015 celebration in Anaheim. Someone said this, and I don't know if it's true or not, that right before... So... uh, (laughs) I don't know if I should say certain things, but... Someone someone was back there, and someone said they could have swore that Daisy Ridley asked JJ before they got up on stage, do I go with Ray or Kira? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be Kira. That was going to be the big reveal, but yeah. of course it never happened. Well, and then they named a totally different character, Kira, in the Star Wars universe. So Right, but it was spelled differently there, though. Yeah, it was K. The name of the script was K-I-R-A. Now it's Q-I-R-A. And then Q-I-R-A. The, the new Kira, right, was Q-U-I-R-A. Q-U-R-A, yeah. So, I don't know, man. There could uh, be some nuggets in there that... But here's my thing, though. with Yoda knows Rey. Yoda would know what her real name is. That's the other big thing. Why have Obi-Wan, old Obi-Wan and young Obi-Wan, speak in that Force vision? Yeah, and say, mm-hmm. Ray. Alec Guinness says, Ray, yeah. like, he knows her. Yeah, or exactly. there's some connection. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? what is that all about? I mean, that can be addressed in Episode Nine. We haven't heard any rumors about it, but... There's maybe some other big reveal or some other through line that a lot of people aren't piecing together. The general public, us and others, have kind of talked about it, but there's a lot of stuff in there. And that Force vision, that Force vision might have not all been stuff that happened in the past. The stuff in the rain might be the future. Yeah. Because that other rumor that we let go, that they're looking for all those actors Mm -hmm. to, like... 25 to 30 year olds to interact with Kylo Ren and be athletic. Of course, we think Knights of Ren. Yeah. So that could be a scene that JJ's going to shoot again. That'd be awesome from a certain point of view. Right. (laughs) JJ's certain point of view. (laughs) So all I got to say is I remember, I I, am with the fact that maybe she gave her name Ray. 
And like that's what she knows. That's the only name she knows. Because I'm going to stand by that her name is Ray because Yoda calls her Ray. And Yoda would have known her name is not really Ray. Yoda would like, have seen through the BS. Yeah, Luke, <laughs> when he's talking to Luke, he would have been like... Unless Yoda didn't want to reveal it to Luke. Yoda does stuff the way Yoda does stuff. True, like he didn't tell he didn't tell Luke. Didn't tell but Luke. even more beyond that, didn't want to reveal to the audience that that was right. the real name. Yeah. So it might have been more of like a storyteller. Like I say, it's like a bedtime story being told to someone. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. So there is leeway. Like I said, I just remember that part in Last Jedi where he says, uh, "Lost Ben Solo, we may have, but lose Ray, we cannot." And I was like, "That's." kind of amazing to hear mm-hmm. yoda say mm-hmm. that you're like man so she's really important so yeah maybe he's messing with luke not messing with him. maybe he's hiding from luke to let luke discover it himself the way like he didn't tell luke hey uh, he shows up hey i'm yoda by the way master yoda yeah kind of a kind of the, the most coolest guy in the whole universe chilling no he played it off like yeah i'm just this old creepy guy walking around and then you find, <laughs> then you find out so he might be doing that but i i like I kind of like the idea that she she found this name and gave it to herself, and that's what she's known as. Right. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I, I like that idea. Now that I've heard it out loud, like I actually love that idea where yeah. she was just like, "I guess I'm Ray." Um, but where does she get that helmet from, though? From that battle, of the battle Jakku? of Jakku happened. Yeah. So somebody from Lost right Stars. there. So somebody from Jakku. I mean, someone pilot there had right. it. And they yeah. Put it on right. her. Okay. What was the the guy's name on Jakku? Uh, uh, not Lars, but um, the old guy in the beginning of The Force Awakens. Max von Sydow's yeah, character. Yeah, Max von Sydow's uh, Lars and yeah, So, yeah. was it a coincidence that he's on the same planet that Ray's on? I mean, that's what we're led to believe at this point. But I, I've never thought it was a coincidence. I thought well, but he also was... he's like not even close to the settlement Ray's. Yeah, true. And she, he's way on the other side of. I mean, it's a giant desert planet, but yeah. he's way on the other side of the Kelvin world. Reach. Yeah, <laughs> I would rather. Oh, Kelvin! I would rather the Jabba. What's his? What's Jabba's son's name? Rada. Rada. I'd rather. I'd rather Rada be on Jakku than not on Tatooine. Because for me, Tatooine just seems. I don't know. It's like there's yeah, no that part about there. being back at Jabba's palace that might have been just kind of well, not really a physical description. Maybe just a because there because there is a hut. Nima Nima outpost. Yeah. Nima was a hut. Is a in, hut in, in the Aftermath series. In the Aftermath series, right. so that's um, why it was called that. So I would love to see that. And plus, then I would love to see the entire importance of Jakku. Why this battle happened on Jakku, why the Empire and every and everyone fought on Jakku, and why this man was on Jakku with the map to start with to, to Skywalker, Luke Skywalker. To Luke Skywalker. And why this girl is on this planet as well. It's like... Yeah, you can kind of see the stars aligning with, you know, well, we're, we have to find it because this guy has it. And then the stars align because because he has it. We come out of this planet and we accidentally run into Ray. But I just see, like, a lot of coincidences had to happen. Eh, same with the New Hope. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Luke says it himself in Last Jedi. That is nowhere. You are from nowhere. Yeah. Where, where so. you, that was a great line. But uh, I just want to see the importance of Jakku and how that all plays out. In the whole Star Wars world, yeah, because because it, it's 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 re, it's a thing that's really important that they need to discuss, in my opinion. Just saying. When I'd seen, I'd heard a prevalent new fan theory that Ray is Kira from Solo's daughter. That's a new prevalent fan theory out there. I hope yeah. they don't do that. I hope they don't do that as because, well. Because because but... it's like they're writing themselves out of a, a plot point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're like, 
almost how when when Rogue One came out, everybody thought Jyn Erso Jin was Ray's mother. Was Ray's yeah. mother, and I said, "Don't do that because if you do that, it's it's a cheap move." It's like, who's her mother? Uh, I don't know, but she's been here the whole time because yeah. she was in this. And then you write that. And I never thought that that was going to be the case. No, I never. But if you've seen Solo, which you should have already, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> right? She. I mean, she came out to be one of the more interesting characters in Mm -hmm. that film. Yeah. And now I want to investigate. I want to see, okay, what happens after Solo? What happens between her and Maul? Does she maybe ascend to the leader of Crimson Dawn? I mean, I really need a Solo. We all know if you've seen Rebels, which you probably should have and probably already know the ending of that, but Maul gets killed by Obi-Wan. Yeah. Finally, once and for all. They have their final show. Unless... (laughs) Unless he snuck out of it again somehow. Unless he got a replacement torso. And brain. You know what I love love about that fight there in uh, in Rebels between Obi-Wan and... He uh, uses Qui-Gon stance. He uses Qui-Gon stance. That, Uh, oh man, when he did that, I was like, oh, okay. The other thing about that fight is I love how quick it is. Yeah. I think he deflects and literally does the killing blow. I think it's two swipes and that's it. Mm -hmm. He had... What Qui-Gon should have done, basically. Yeah, essentially. But you had... All of the Clone Wars where he's like, I have to kill Obi-Wan. And then the last, not the last season, but the two full seasons of Rebels where he's like, I have to figure out where this guy is so I can kill him because that's how I get my revenge. And then the fight's over in an instant. Yeah. And it, it didn't disappoint me. I It was so touching and emotional. Like I, I was like, wow, Obi-Wan's awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> was, after all these years, like and Darth Maul should have known, like, this guy, he shouldn't be training. Like, yeah. You know, what's he doing over there on this? No, he was training this whole time. Who did the voice for Obi-Wan in Rebels? The same guy. The same guy from Clone Wars. Clone Wars. I believe. Oh, okay. All right. Which I heard he did uh, He did say, um, these are your first steps. He did record the line for, for Force Awakens. For Force yeah. Awakens. And that he was like, you know, I think you should probably get Ewan in here. Reach out. And, yeah. and apparently they said he, Ewan McGregor like drove up on his motorcycle to the studio, right. recorded his line in like 10 minutes. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and it left. And they're like, that guy's the coolest guy in the whole world for doing this part. Yeah, it was James Arnold Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been, yeah, he did the Clone Wars and mm-hmm. he did Rebels as well. And um, that... It's. I wonder where Crimson Crimson Dawn's gonna how they're gonna play out in the original movies, like in the uh, the trilogy, the original trilogy, like how they're well, gonna due to the box office. I mean, jeez, that might play. Everyone a, go see Solo. Well, I'm telling you, it's gonna it's gonna be huge in right. home home to home that tangent and stuff. they're gonna go off of. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of possibilities. Even with the Boba Fett film. You might see Maul in action with the lightsaber, so we'll mm-hmm. get the lightsaber action that I think everyone craves. That'd be dope. Boba Fett could be taking a job from Crimson Dawn. Oh man, that would that'd be cool to see them fight. But for or me, even fight together. But for fight me, together well, and fight each other. Yeah, what, what would make this? Boba that's a very movie. kind of Marvel type. Yeah, he he still yeah. has the dark saber at that point too. Yikes! So he yeah. he's technically if they could go back in time a little bit more, explain him that controlling the Mandalorians. Being their king, basically, and then having that dark saber. And the weird thing is, is Kasdan at Comic Con, a fan asked, "What color would your lightsaber be?" And Kasdan, I think JJ said red. I think Kathleen said blue, and then Kasdan said, "I want the first black lightsaber." Ah, and that thing exists, even yeah. though it's like a flat blade. But yeah, that's that's a cool concept. And in 
um, the Force Unleashed video game with Sam Witwer. Yeah, there's a black. He had, the, there was black oh, sabers. Right, yeah. The outline was like a white, yeah, it was bright awesome. light around it. I remember that. Which was a cool effect and is going to be done, I'm pretty sure. Just wait. Just wait. Yeah. What I was going to say about the Boba Fett film, what, what will make that movie kind of perfect is that Boba Fett doesn't have a lot of lines. Yeah. I think for me... If he is just kind of there, and we just see him investigating, we just see him like kind of show up and just murder people, almost like a Mad Max type movie where you know Max doesn't speak throughout the whole movie, pretty much just like a couple of things. But it's intriguing; it's the action around it that makes it interesting. That would be a great Boba Fett film. Yeah, that's it, the way they have to go. Yeah, more be, more mystery for that character for sure. Yes, right. Agreed. Right. <laughs> Agreed. And bringing the old bounty hunters too: Forlom, Zuckus, Bosk. Those Dengar. guys gotta be there, yeah. <laughs> don't forget Dengar with his toilet. All you gotta red. do is unwrap his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't see me. I love Dengar. He's so useless. <laughs> so, but uh, thank y'all for listening to our podcast this week. Uh, do y'all have anything else to add or anything? Negative. <laughs> Negative. But yeah, hope Stay y'all on target. Yes. Yeah, so hopefully, y'all enjoyed this, and uh, we will see you next week with another awesome Star Wars topic. And uh, all right. May the force be with you. Always. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs>